Hello again, Andrew Dunkley here, and you're listening to Astronomy Daily. We've got a lot to talk about today. There's so many exciting things happening in astronomy and space science. Thanks for joining us, and joining me, as always, is my reporter and soon-to-be-good friend. I think we're going to get along famously. It's Haley. Hi, Haley. How are you? What have you been up to? Hi, Andrew. I've been busy answering people's inane questions on their smartphones. You know, like, what will tonight's lotto numbers be? As if I'm going to tell them. Yeah, well, why would you? You probably should just keep that stuff to yourself. Maybe. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Anyway, you're here to give us some updated news on what's happening in astronomy and space science. So uh, can you give us the goss? Sure. It might be surprising to know that up to March this year, only 75 women had ever been to space, according to NASA, but that is changing fast. Enter astronaut Nicole Mann. She's going to be the first Native American in space. She was in NASA's class of 2013 and is a member of the Wailaki of the Round Valley Indian tribes. She is a mechanical engineer by trade, having studied at Stanford and flew fighter jets with the Marine Corps. We wish her well. Jeff Bezos is a step closer to getting his planned space station off the ground. The orbital reef, as it is known, has now reached the design phase. With the impending decommissioning of the International Space Station and Russia announcing they might go it alone, the private sector is seen as a viable alternative and the likes of Blue Origin and another company called Sierra Space might just plug the gap. Down under, in Victoria, Australia a gold mine is getting a new lease on life. About a kilometer down the mine is the Stowell Underground Physics Lab, the only one of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere and their goal is to see if dark matter really exists. It's run through the University of Melbourne and while we know dark matter must exist, we've never seen it. This lab may one day prove it does and, perhaps, answer some of the many questions that everyone's asking about dark matter. And Andrew, those are the headlines. Thanks, Haley, and we'll catch up with you towards the end of this episode of Astronomy Daily. Okay, first up today, have you heard of the Galileo project? It was launched in 2021. It's headed up by Arvi Loeb. You remember Arvi? He's the one that suggested the interstellar comet or asteroid Oumuamua might have been an alien ship. Okay, so he's part of this Galileo project, which is run through Harvard University. So it's it's got street cred. It's a first-of-a-kind research project, and what they are doing is searching for artefacts of intelligent life. Now, when we say artefacts of intelligent life, obviously, you know, a spaceship would count, but they're more in tune with the possibility of seeing signs of intelligent life elsewhere. Markers, for example. And you can get them through spectrum analysis of exoplanets. So far, no hits. But they've just outlined their first year of operations. Obviously, they they haven't made a major announcement in terms of finding any other form of intelligent life. And that's basically where the search is going. They're trying to find uh, the existence of intelligences beyond Earth uh, that are capable of transmitting signals or radar, for example, then we have equipment on Earth that would pick up those kinds of signals. Anyway, they've 
basically been going through their last 12 months. A lot of it's fairly academic stuff, which I won't bore you with, but they recently held a conference at Harvard University to detail their first year of operation. But hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, they'll have something amazing to tell us. I, I live ever hopeful. Although, as Fred Watson and I have discussed many times on Space Nuts, it's more likely that any life beyond Earth is microbial, that we are just a pure fluke, in the um, in the universe, and we're as good as it's going to get with intelligent life. I hope that's wrong because it doesn't really set a very high benchmark in some respects. Now, remember the other day they said that the Big Bang didn't happen. It made headlines based on evidence gathered from photographs from the James Webb Space Telescope. Well, it's been debunked. The Big Bang did actually happen, and it's a simple process of an elimination, or more to the point, it's a simple process of stacking up the evidence, which comes in the form of thousands and thousands of studies studies that prove that the Big Bang did happen. And the evidence continues with the cosmic microwave background radiation, which is kind of a leftover telltale sign of some cataclysmic explosion that happened in the blink of an eye 13.8 billion years ago. Now, it turns out in regard to this story, but the headline was just aimed at grabbing attention. It was just catchy. When you read through the data that they're discussing, they don't actually deny the Big Bang, but the headline caught a lot of people off guard. Now, stars are in the news this week, not from Hollywood, but from the greater universe. It looks like, and this is really fascinating, stars seem to control their mass as they're formed. So how do they do that? Well, they've made this discovery through 3D simulations that are revealing the process. And, and it could solve the mystery of why similar types of stars are being born in very different circumstances or environments. That's never been able to be explained. This is the work of the Starforge project. And they say that stellar initial mass function may help us understand why stars form the way they do under different circumstances and yet create very similar stars. Yeah, it's a strange mystery, that one, but they might be onto something. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Now, zero-G has its problems, which you're probably aware of, muscle wastage, eye problems, particularly in male astronauts, as it turns out, bone density issues, and so on. And you've probably seen astronauts on the International Space Station doing all that weird stuff with blobs of water. That's what water does in zero-G. But what about sweat? What about perspiration? Yeah, that, that is actually an interesting problem. And astronauts do exercise while they're on the International Space Station to try and alleviate some of those muscle wastage problems and the like. Well, sweat, while you're exercising in space, does form like it does on Earth, but it just sticks to you. It doesn't go away. It's just there. So what do you do about it? Well, an ingenious solution. Are you ready for this? They wipe it off with a towel. Towels are very useful in space, as it turns out. Now, this is uh, an interesting discovery. It's, it's one of the subjects that has received more attention in recent years through the Space Nuts podcast than any other, and that is black holes. Well, they've just discovered a black hole jet. This is a discovery through the Western Sydney University in New South Wales, Australia. It's over a 1 million uh, 
light years across, one million light years across this this jet of stuff. Now, this is in the NGC 2663 galaxy, which is quite a distance from us, thankfully. And this is the biggest known black hole jet that's been discovered so far. And it's blasting out, as I said, over a distance from tip to tip, one million light years across. These jets are basically the ejection of radiation and particles from the black hole at near the speed of light. Quite amazing, still to be fully understood, but we're starting to kind of get our heads around them to a certain degree. And finally, India has run third at the International Olympiad on Astronomy and Astrophysics that was held in Georgia. Not Georgia in the United States, Georgia in Eastern Europe. In fact, all five Indian students who contested the Games won medals, three gold and two silver. And Raghav Goyal was also recognised for solving a complex theoretical question, which he had to do while he was doing a 100-metre sprint. No, I'm only kidding about that. It was hurdles. But uh, well done to India. They're certainly lifting their game in the space race, aren't they? Well, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, this episode of Astronomy Daily. Thanks for joining us. Have you got anything before we go, Haley? Yes. It looks like all systems are go for the launch of Artemis 1 next week. NASA's Flight Readiness Review has given the mission a green light. So, the clock is still set for launch on Monday US time. Very good. Thanks, Haley. We'll catch you next time on Astronomy Daily. And don't forget to look us up online. You can do that through the Space Nuts podcast website, spacenuts.io, and click on the Astronomy Daily tab at the top and, and subscribe while you're there. It's absolutely free for Astronomy Daily and Space Nuts listeners. And yeah. While you're at it, have a listen to the Space Nuts podcast. A brand new episode is just about to launch with Professor Fred Watson, astronomer at large. We've got plenty to talk about too. For now, I'll say goodbye. Thanks for your company. This is Andrew Dunkley for Astronomy Daily. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley.